You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey everybody, if you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The 7 Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word 7 Habits. That's the number 7 Habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Isaac Tolpin, and Isaac is one of the founders of ConveyYour.com, which is the number one micro-learning platform for learner engagement. He's a tech entrepreneur and futurist at heart on a mission to enable brands to align their training with human behavior, leading to breakthrough learner engagement. Welcome to the show, Isaac. Hey, great to be here, Dennis. Yeah, thanks for joining me. It's really interesting. We were chatting and a little bit of banter back and forth before I hit record. We're talking about kind of some of the different, you know, technology that I've used to create courses in the past. And I didn't even know about ConveyOr. So I'm excited because I want to learn more about it. And I think my audience can really get some value out of what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to, we're going to hone in on how consultants, coaches, experts in a niche can take that content, package it up, put it into a course and add that to their business as an ancillary revenue stream. And you're going to help guide us through that a little bit. But before we do that, you know, tell us a little bit about what you got going on over at Conveyor, maybe a quick backstory of how you got to this point, and then we'll dig right in. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life, uh, early years, direct sales, uh, you know, had an organization that spanned 32 office locations and, you know, had the fun of, you know, doing 5 million a year and then scaling that to 10 million when the economy is crashing, learned a lot of lessons in that, left and you know, thought I'll go build something big, you know, and exciting and built an e-learning agency and, and, uh, to, you know, a couple million dollars and funded that and it failed. And so learned a ton from highs and lows as most entrepreneurs do. And now one of the founders of a micro learning platform conveyor.com, which is uh, scaling up and profitable and doing very well. Okay. Awesome. So Tell us, you know, have you taken on any capital with Conveyor? I mean, is there any venture capital or seed capital or are you just pretty much bootstrapping this thing? You know, I've done that before and we haven't with Conveyor. You know, it's been self-funded through, you know, other projects we've done and so forth. And it's been a hustle and it's been a really good hustle. It doesn't mean we won't take on capital at some point, but so far we've decided not to. Perfect. Okay. So, you know, Give us a sense before we dive in, give us a sense of the, you know, to how big or the scale or magnitude of, of convey your, cause I know you just really started pressing the gas pedal really hard on this recently. Tell us a little bit about your size, whether it be in revenue or number of employees or growth or however you want to frame that. Yeah. You know, I have a great business partner, Stephen Ryan, and we complement each other well and convey your really launched uh, just a few years ago. It was about four years of coding prior to that. So a lot uh, went into it. It's very robust, but very simple to use. And, you know, we launched with the first year that was very, very modest, like a lot of businesses. You know, we were learning 
There were some pivots with product and so forth along the way as you learn who your customer is. And then, you know, last year we did just about a half a million dollars. And that was before spending any any money on advertising or anything like that. That was just hustle. This year, you know, we're projected as a company to just around a million bucks. And um, I think, you know, we really see rapid growth from there. We've been learning about, you know, the advertising side of things, selling SaaS, the SaaS model and, you know, through LinkedIn ads and so forth. So it's been been a great ride so far and, and the future looks really strong. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, you literally doubled revenue, you know, you're projecting doubling revenue. And if you can do that just a couple more times, next thing you know, you're knocking on eight figures. And I'm sure that's one of your primary goals is to is to get get enough cash flow and customers and moving at that point. So now you got a little bit little bit more viable business. It's early. It's hard in those early days, right? When you're just getting product market fit and you don't have a lot of cash to spend on advertising. But it sounds to me like you're you're working your way through that. To the, so that's really exciting. I love talking to companies that are at or about your size, because I think this is where we learn so many lessons. I think you have to try different things. You have to be willing to fail. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But before we do that, can you take a second and talk about, you know, Convey your what's the number one strategy that you're using today to get new clients for your business? If you had to pick one and you had to abandon everything else, what's the number one strategy? Well, we're getting incredible lead generation through LinkedIn ads that goes to an evergreen webinar called the Micro Learning Webinar. And it's just pure value. It's 28 minutes and it gives incredible value on what you need to do to make sure you actually retain learners today, whether it's a company or you're a trainer. And uh, after that, it's uh, we follow up with those leads and, and uh, they're really warmed up and people seem to love it. And so that's been going really well because people, the average person makes it almost all the way through that, that webinar, which means most people are making it through. So it's, it's been really good. Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, I've been on LinkedIn for a decade now. And when I first got on LinkedIn, you know, the LinkedIn advertising platform just wasn't very good, right? It just wasn't. Um, they've improved it significantly. As a matter of fact, I had a guest on recently on the show. His name's AJ Wilcox. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Episode 57 for anybody who's interested. He's he's a LinkedIn advertising expert. He's an agency that helps. He's managed literally hundreds of millions of ad spend. So anybody who wants to check that out, that's episode 57. So I'm curious. So, you know, I know that the cost of acquisition through LinkedIn ads is significantly higher. Have you been able to, I mean, you haven't been doing this for a long period of time, but if you're if you're generating clients through there, do you have any sense of metrics of what it's costing you? I mean, I know that, you know, the ad cost is dramatically higher. And when, when, we, when I talked to AJ, typically he said that clients needed to, his clients needed to have a much larger lifetime value of their client in order to really be able to get, you know, to make them make the numbers work. What's been your experience up to this point with that? Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because uh, I actually hired AJ to consult me to teach me how to do the LinkedIn ads. So definitely go listen to number 57 because he is unbelievable. So, you know, it's costing us about $27 a lead right now. And it just depends on what your model is and, you know, how much revenue a customer is and so forth. And, you know, we're still working out the, the metrics on, you know, we don't, it's really fresh to be candid about the LinkedIn funnel, but it's looking incredibly promising. And a lot of those are corporate leads, enterprise leads, companies over a thousand employees or over 500 employees kind of thing. So, so those leads, you know, the cost of acquisition is, is looking pretty strong. 
I had tried Facebook advertising prior to that, but for the SaaS model, I couldn't get it to work, you know, at all. You know, it was very, very difficult to get Facebook ads working to, you know, attract whether it's trainers or uh, HR people. Was it the cost per lead or were they just not as qualified on the convert and they didn't convert very well? You know, it's hard to say. We spent a good time on it. I hired an agency to actually do all of it for me. And it wasn't AJ, it was a different agency. But it was very, very difficult to get them to succeed with me. And sometimes it's just the agency you pick. So you got to be careful about that. Although they were highly recommended to me. And it might have been a combination of what we were giving free. The attraction wasn't there. You know, I will say on LinkedIn, we're doing an evergreen webinar, which is a different free item than we had before on Facebook. So it's really hard to know that. But I think, you know, if you're going after companies, LinkedIn works really well. I know Facebook can for certain people too. But one thing I learned working with AJ and then working on my own afterwards is that it actually doesn't cost a ton to place ads on LinkedIn. One of the challenges is that, you know, sometimes you go and if you don't know very much, you place an ad on LinkedIn and it says, a daily minimum spend of $100 for one ad. Well, what you don't realize is that you almost never actually spend your minimum spend. I mean, it's interesting on some of those where I have $100 daily minimum spend, that ad might only spend, you know, $10 for the day. And so, so I think that there could be some better communication on LinkedIn side to make you aware that it actually doesn't cost as much as you think to place 20 different ads, see what works and narrow it down from there to your your best performing eight ads and only spend a hundred dollars total per day. So, you know, depending where you're at, that may sound like a lot or not, but actually that was great news to me because when I first was playing with LinkedIn ads, it looked like, man, I'm going to be spending, they want me to spend a thousand bucks a day just to run a series of ads and see what works, but that's not the case. Perfect. No, I'm glad you brought that up because that's really interesting. You know, their ad platform has evolved so much and, and you do hear a lot of stories about, you know, you, you have to invest a lot more money in the typical small business you know, may or may not be ready for that. So that I appreciate you giving us some clarification there. So listen, let's dive into kind of the meat and potatoes here a little bit. Let's talk about how your expertise, you know, your background here as an entrepreneur and building these different systems in and around, you know, learning systems and, and user engagement. Talk to us a little bit about how my audience, whether they be a consultant or a coach or an expert of some sort, can take that content, package it up, and then turn it into a course that, you know, becomes an ancillary revenue stream for them. And then obviously, you know, uh, how maybe how Conveyor would play uh, an important role in something like that. If you could do that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, happy to do that. Prior to Conveyor, I had an e-learning agency where we worked with corporate trainers, celebrity influencers, coaches, best-selling authors. And we had, did the production side to actually build their courses. And it was a publishing model where we took a cut off of that forever. And so I'm, I'm very, very knowledgeable about this, obviously. And the part of the reason we created conveyors because at the time there wasn't technology that actually aligned with where human behavior is at today to create a great learning experience. And that's the number one thing to think about is it's one thing to sell something. You see all these people you might look up to, oh, I had a million dollar product launch or you might read their books or whatever. The unfortunate truth is that most people didn't learn anything. They actually sold something and then very few people actually learned. The reason I know that is because I was deep in the space and you know, talking to like uh, somebody that understands edX.org and behind the scenes and, you know, they're not getting good retention at all. And they put a hundred million dollars into creating learning experiences. So even Ivy League schools, they're getting sub 25% completion of online courses when college students pay full price for them and actually live on campus. 
So, you know, it's, it's a real problem when you actually look at it. And you don't want to be the marketer that's just into selling something. I think everybody listening, if they're following you, Dennis, is they care about actually impacting the world. And if you want to impact the world with your knowledge, you want to sell it, but you also want to make sure they actually learn and implement it because then your information is actually having impact. And now, the beautiful word, leverage. You're actually leveraging your expertise in a way where, yeah, you're still going to do the live stuff because you love it and it's high priced and you know you love those engagements. But wouldn't it be amazing if the people that couldn't afford your live engagements actually could have an option that was automated that actually felt the really good, like you're right there with them. It's like the next best thing to you being live. And they actually went through it. So that's really important. And the first step I would give everybody is to figure out what is the most important course to create that aligns with your business, that it also fills a gap where your current audience actually has desire to learn more from you. But maybe they can't afford you live and you could create an automated course that fill that gap for them. So you have to go discover what do people actually want to buy from you? Yeah, that's perfect. I mean, I think that's an obvious first step, but sometimes the obvious is not so obvious, right? So how would you typically do that with your audience? What's a couple of strategies you would you would use in order to try to hone down on exactly what they're in the market for? What do they want? Yeah, so it's a it's a, like a one question survey is a great option. If you go to two questions, nobody will answer your survey. So you have to send an email out to your email audience or however you get information out to people and ask them. And, you know, this is top of my mind here, but you have to ask them the one question, you know, what would you love to learn more from me about, you know, or, you know, craft that question a little bit better. But you basically have to ask them, what do they want? What do they want to learn from you? What would they be willing to pay for? You know, what's the one thing that you really want to know? Yeah, it's really funny. I've done some of these, some similar things in the past, you know, to try to figure out what some potential future products might be for my audience. And sometimes you'll be absolutely shocked what you hear. And you'll be, you'll be like, I would have never guessed that in a million years. So asking is sometimes the most obvious. All right, great. So we're going to, first step is figuring out what they want most. What's the next step? The next step is to make sure you understand what actually what technology you're going to use, because that will gear how you build the content. So you have to understand the platform and the engagement opportunities and those kinds of things. But let's put, set that aside for a second. You also have to outline that course. And I always encourage people, you're never going to finish your project if you start by thinking it's too hard or too big. And so you have to hit the easy button. And the easy button is to get a whiteboard out or whatever your style is or a piece of paper and outline it. Make it 10 videos and just decide ahead of time whether you know you have enough content for 10 videos or if you think it should be longer or not. Just make it 10 videos. Do an outline. Okay, first video is an intro video. Then you have video two, three, four, five, six, and 10 and outline this and then write three bullet points for each video and just write a very short phrase for each video. And then I would have a spot if you're using our platform or a platform that has engagement or gamification is you'd write, you know, engagement right after the video points and that's it. And then you have an outline of 10 lessons and you have actually two to three bullet points for each video. And then I would figure out your title because title and you'll massage title later. Whenever you make a title, realize you're probably going to change that later because title is everything. So just put a title out there. So your frame of mind is in the right place. And then you have this beautiful outline. If you get your outline done, that's pretty encouraging and motivating to take the next steps. If you start with like, oh, man, I got to do videos and what are my videos going to be? And 
you're starting to think about the production, that's kind of heavy and difficult. And so I think that's a good second step. No, that's perfect. So how long would you suggest lessons be? I mean, I know you're an engagement guy and I know you pay close attention to not only if people are buying the courses, but how they're actually utilizing them. What have you found in your experience to be a good length for a lesson? I mean, because I've bought courses in the past where some lessons were, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes, but I've also bought where they've had lessons that are an hour long or longer. What's been your experience there? Yeah, really good question. And I'm going to actually answer that by talking about learner trust. Because if you break learner trust, and I'll describe what it is in a second, they will never continue in your course, no matter how much they love your content. You have to remember this. Content is not king anymore. I hope everybody heard that. Content is not king. You might be so enamored with your content that no matter how you might have this blind belief, false belief, that no matter how I deliver that or what the experience is, my content's so good that they're going to love it and consume it. You're dead wrong. What is king or queen today, if you'd rather, is content with a great delivery system. And so those together, so great content with great delivery system are king or queen, and it matters big time. Okay, and so let's talk about learner trust. Most people are breaking learner trust because they're going beyond five to seven minutes to answer your question. But it's not just about the video. There's many things that we found have to happen within five to seven minutes to uh, garner learner trust. And if you keep learner trust, they'll keep coming back to your course and they'll actually finish it and they'll look at it as fun, engaging, and worthy of their time. But if you break it, they'll never come back and they'll probably never buy something from you again. So let's go over what needs to be in the five to seven minutes. I think that'll be really helpful to people listening. First of all, your video needs to be anywhere from one to five minutes. Five minutes is long. One to five minutes. Now, some people are probably challenging me in their minds right now. Wait, my content's heavy and you know complex and really important, and I at least need a 15-minute video. And I would say to you, it would rather people learn from you or you be right. You know what I mean? Because if you're right, you're going to end up being wrong because nobody's going to watch it. So if that makes sense. So what, what I'm saying is we're in a attention deficit world. I mean, people, we're in a YouTube world. We're in a Netflix world where I can go watch what I want and stop it whenever I want. And we're used to shutting things down. We're going to go get the piece of information we want and bail. And so if you don't garner learner trust by making those videos short, you're really going to hurt yourself. So what I would rather, if you have 15 minutes that need to be in a video, is break it up into three videos or four videos and have more lessons, what I would call micro lessons, because that actually aligns with human behavior today. So it's not about necessarily teaching less content. It's about breaking it down into smaller pieces. But video is just one piece. There's many more pieces to that we can get to. Okay, great. So the first step was we talked about figuring out the most important content. The second was how to put that outline together. And you gave us a little framework for that. And you mentioned another one, which was what technology are you going to use? Is that number three? And can you expand on that? Yeah. Yeah. So you need to use, you need to know what technology you're using because it'll dictate how you produce your videos. For example, if it's more like teachable where there's little engagement or something like that, Thinkific, then you're not going to gear those videos towards, you know, answering some kind of engagement format afterwards necessarily. But if you're using something like Conveyor, you would. I'll just say that here's the ideal. Okay. You want technology that does the following. And this is back on learner trust too. You want to keep learner trust. It needs to have a completion. So after you finish a lesson, it needs to complete. Because what does everybody want to do? They want to come back to where they left off. That's pretty simple. Most platforms do that. 
The next thing you want is you want them to get rewarded for completing. So there needs to be a leaderboard and achievement currency for everything they do. This aligns with social media today. You know, the fear of missing out. You want that component FOMO. You want that component in your course where they need to go back and look at the leaderboard because they want to see where they're at compared to everybody else. And that draw, which actually works for all ages, it's amazing. You want the gamification aspects, which I'm talking about, but you also want engagement formats. So nobody wants videos just talking at them. That is a dead, a dead proposition today. They want, everybody wants an experience. And if you give them an experience, they'll keep coming back. But, and they want to be mentored. They don't want to just be told. And so if you just have videos, you can't really mentor them. Instead, what you'd want is a video to play and maybe afterwards let them rate themselves one to 10 on a couple things and they can drag it on their phone and over and rate themselves. And then maybe later that afternoon, you could hold them accountable. If you're giving them a challenge to audit their leadership that day. And hey, tonight in the video, you can say, hey, tonight I'm going to text you and ask you how it went. And then you can set an automation where text message goes out with a learner link. They click it. Boom, they're right in. There's an open-ended question where they can just type in how it went. And so what people want is a humanized experience. And so when you're thinking about the videos, if you're able to do those components that garner learner trust, you're probably going to gear those videos a little bit differently than if you have the more traditional technology. What I took from what you just said was really interesting. Because what I, my experience has been in, in buying a lot of courses, creating courses, that it's, it's usually a one way push, right? Everything is from the course outwards. It's really not typically a two way conversation. And that's really what we're built for, right? That's the reason why social media has become so powerful and so prevalent and so a bit, such a big part of our lives is because it's a two way conversation, right? All the engagement and feedback that people get from that. And unfortunately, courses, and I think you hit the nail on the head, courses and course technology hasn't really evolved, right? And so that's really interesting that you hone in on that and the comparative to how social media and the way people really engage with content other than the kind of, you know, stodgy old school course content where it's just, hey, here's a 30 minute video. Here's the content. I did my job. Now you go do your job, right? That kind of type of concept. So I'm glad you touched on that. So is there anything else? I mean, you talked about three primary steps. Is there anything else? After you determine the technology, obviously you've got to somehow record and put all this information together. Is there other other components that you would touch on, you know, for the audience? Yeah, let's talk about videos very quickly, but this is really important because this is the stopper for most people finishing their course. And you overthink the video, you think the video needs to be really high end, and I'm actually giving a completely different message and people are winning. Companies are winning to the biggest companies you can think of with this approach and trainers are winning. Why? Because the more you put into your video production, the more irrelevant you become. And that's counterintuitive. And so let me explain why that is. Let's say something becomes outdated with one of your videos and you put all this effort into editing these beautiful videos. How likely are you to go back and fix that video if you put a ton of effort and money into it? And so you cannot keep up with the speed of change. You cannot keep your courses relevant if you're putting too much into them. And so what I recommend is a DSLR camera, three LED lights, a good background, doesn't even need to be green screen. I think real is even better, actually. Uh, if you have a cool just chalkboard or something cool in the background set in your house or something and look straight into the camera and shoot videos. One of the benefits of micro learning, too, in shorter pieces, not only retention, everybody loves it, but on the production side, it's way easier because you can get away with on a two to five minute video 
just talking straight into the camera, as long as afterwards there's engagement, they're going to be asked a question or there's some, some way they can engage with that content afterwards, then they totally love it. I tested this out. Stories are good. I, I Right when we launched Conveyor, I built an 11-lesson course. I did it in two days, including all the videos and putting it in the software. And I gave it away free on my Facebook, and it was for business owners. It was called Build More Than a Business. And it was really – it was dripped out. And another key thing is dripping content out. So not just giving all to them, but you know, dripping it out with text message notifications where they can go back in when you give them a new lesson over time, like a challenge. That's really powerful. I did that. And uh, I shot all the videos, even though I have good equipment, with my iPhone 6 and just a basic background and, you know, some lights. And everybody loved it. No complaints. People, business owners were raving about it. And so you could do it that simple, literally that simple. As long as the audio's good and lighting's good, you can talk straight into the camera. And this is different than what most people are teaching out there, I'm telling you. What's key is you want more pressure on the software than your video production. If you use the right software platform, it'll bring your videos to life. Now, that's interesting. I love that spin on it. Well, listen, we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire here on the next couple of questions, and then we're going to wrap it up. But do me a huge favor. Besides Convey Your, what's your favorite growth tool or software for building your business today? I CRM. I like HubSpot and Evernote's incredible for just managing my all my notes and everything. Awesome. What's one book you would recommend to my audience? Well, it's dated on the, on the data, but Good to Great from Jim Collins still is an old, cla- now a classic, but incredible concepts. No, that's an awesome book. Perfect. Well, listen, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about Convey Your, and then we'll wrap it up for today, Isaac. Yeah. Isaac Tolpin, I-S-A-A-C-T-O-L-P-I-N on social media. Feel free to connect on LinkedIn. Isaac at conveyyour.com is my email. Conveyyour.com is C-O-N-V-E-Y-O-U-R.com. There's a free course demo you can take right on the front of the site. Have fun with it. It'll text your phone. You can play with it right on your phone instantaneously. And I'm happy to give you guys a free course, Five Steps to Attract Content Licensing. If you're a speaker, trainer, working with corporate clients and so forth, now you can expose yourself in a new way to them that you're also great in e-learning. And this uh, five video course in our platform will show you how, and uh, it's free. I'll give that to you to put it in the show notes. All right, awesome. Well, listen, I'll make sure I add all those links in the show notes. I think that's a great offer and everybody should take them, up, take them up on that. I really appreciate you being here, Isaac, and have an awesome day. Yeah, great to be here, Dan. Thanks. Listeners, I wanna thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.